Did you not stay up? Did you seriously not stay up last night and watch that ridiculous football game between the Ravens and Raiders? If you didn't, I am here to say good morning. Good Tuesday morning to everyone except fans of the two AFC North teams who are supposed to be leading this division but are currently 0-1 each. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this, but... Very late last night, Derek Carr found a wide-open Zay Jones from 31 yards. Las Vegas, 33. Baltimore, 27. We will have all week to talk about the Raiders since they are the Steelers' opponent in the home opener this week here at Heinz Field. And we will have several months, quite possibly, to mock anyone And everyone who would have overestimated either the Browns or the Ravens, both of whom I feel get inflated all over the place. Neither team is anywhere near as good as a lot of people seem to think. But what matters in this corner of the world, and really it should be the only thing that matters to Steelers fans as much fun as a scene like that was last night, is this team building off of what it did in beating the Bills Sunday up in Orchard Park. There were a lot of things that didn't go well in that game, and those absolutely can't and shouldn't be buried by the goodness at the end. In particular, you know what I'm going to say here, This offensive line either needs to be improved or replaced. Now, improving is what every coach's answer will be. And I have no doubt that between Mike Tomlin and Adrian Clem, you're going to see all kinds of emphasis on, okay, you missed this guy, you missed that guy. Maybe you were a little nervous here, first game ever in the NFL uh, but you did this, and it was it was good. And there were some good things, some better things on film and watching the game for the first time on video after watching it live up there in the stadium that I can say about a good number of these guys. Believe it or not, even Chooks Okorafor, who I was pretty rough on in the moment, Chooks still stunk. Don't get me wrong here. I'm not taking it back. He just wasn't the catastrophe that I thought he was when I saw him live. It's really, really, really tough to pay attention to isolated offensive linemen when watching the game in person. But the rest of these guys mostly just need to get better. The solution is going to be that simple. I don't think Dan Moore is leaving left tackle. I really don't, and I'll get to why in a second at least as far as other factors go. But Dan Moore himself, I think, has performed well enough in the later stages of training camp, the preseason, and now in week one that he's going to stay there. He did give up a sack. He did. But 
everyone gives those up occasionally. And the offensive line as a whole gave up only two. So that's got to be part of any fair analysis here. Kevin Dotson is going to stay as your left guard. Kendrick Green is obviously going to stay as your center. Trey Turner was a pretty stable presence, I thought, in week one, maybe more than anyone else. And that's good because that's why you brought him. He's a veteran guy. You know, you needed that, and he gave you exactly that. Chooks, different story, man, different story. What are you going to do about Chooks? Again, easy, lazy answer. Well, have him get better. He's been better before. Last year, he was at right tackle, and he wasn't any kind of disaster. He was okay. He wasn't great, but he was at least okay. He was passable, and he was there for 15 starts. That must count for more than what we saw just in this one game after he'd spent most of this camp on the left side. But realistically, the way he performed, he's not going to keep that job unless something really significant snaps into place between now and the next couple of games. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'll do your studying, whether it's at Point Park's downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online. Maybe it's a flexible hybrid format. Learn more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Thing is, there are two more games until Zach Banner comes back. Banner, of course, is on injured reserve. For anybody who doesn't know, the rules have changed on that. That used to mean your season was done. It now means you have to miss three games. So there are two more that Banner has to miss. What do you do in the interim if you're Matt Canada? How do you set it up so that your quarterback isn't under siege and in jeopardy? The Steelers did do some interesting things, I thought, in Orchard Park, in particular by having Zach Gentry play 16 more snaps than I think I'd ever seen him play. This is someone who, in his first couple years in the league, had totaled 69 offensive snaps. He had 16 of them against the Bills. Why? Because even though Gentry hadn't been known as a sturdy blocker through his first couple of years, I can tell you from witnessing it with my own eyes that Tomlin rode and continues to ride Gentry as much as any player in his fold. Tomlin is determined to create a Matt Spaeth out of Gentry. For anyone who doesn't know that reference, Spaeth played until not that long ago, was a premier blocking tight end in the NFL. He wasn't all that great at anything else, but he didn't really need to be either. He knew exactly who he was, he embraced it, and he became outstanding at it. There was always going to be work for Spaeth in the NFL because there's always use 
for a blocking tight end, even against all the other passing norms that are now in place. So Gentry was out there, which is something that probably no one had forecast. And more often than not, Gentry was lined up on the right side. Now, was he there to help save Chooks or anything super dramatic like that? Only Canada and Tomlin would know that. But he was there. And for that matter, when Pat Fryermuth was out there or Eric Ebron was out there, they were mostly involved in blocking on that same side as well. They were doing what they could to help out a player who was struggling. If he continues to struggle to repeat myself, he can't be starting. He's not that important. He's not nearly as important as the health of the Canton-bound franchise quarterback. So what I'm hoping for out of this scenario, in addition to all the other improvements and everything else across the line, cohesiveness, communication, and everything else can only get better, you would think, than what we witnessed in the opener, is for the Steelers to find a way to basically survive Chooks and survive that line for another couple weeks before Chooks goes and has a seat, before he goes to the sideline. If Zach Banner is your starting right tackle, and he will be, he very much will be, Dan Moore needs to stay on that football field. Chooks can back up at both sides. No one can say he hasn't gotten a shot. Heck, he's still got two more. There's no other answers at right tackle, and don't start talking to me about Joe Haig. When we come back, just one question. For just one question, and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. They represent people who've been hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been designated super lawyers for over 15 years. That's a real thing. Capital S, capital L. That designation is reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys across our Commonwealth. Learn more at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Our question, our J1Q for the day, comes from Emery White, who says, I noticed that Derek Watt wasn't part of the offensive game plan this week after hearing so much about him being a bigger part of the offense. Is this an offense that will morph week to week depending on the opponent? Emery, I can say convincingly two things one you're kind of right although it's for technical purposes fair to point out that Derek Watt was on the field as the fullback for the two snaps in the victory formation sorry someone had to be that guy and two yes it's gonna morph and it's gonna morph a lot I think look at the Steelers offensive plan for this Buffalo game I'm going to use the word survival again. 
as it relates to what was going on up front. They're going to continue because they don't have a choice to have tight ends stay in and block. I don't blame them for that. I did kind of cringe a little bit when you didn't see a single ball thrown to a tight end in the entire first half. Pat Fryermuth's only catch of the game came in the fourth quarter. Eric Ebron's only catch of the game came not long before that. There are different ways to get the tight end involved, but I can't say to you on one hand, get more tight end passing going, and on the other hand, dear God, save us from chooks. You know, I can't can't be speaking out of both sides of my mouth here. Derek Watt, you know, the old school fullback plowing through someone on the line to blow up a hole for the running back always sounds like it's it's a good answer for something. And I do think that there were some situations Sunday where the Steelers could have benefited from that. But I also think that most of these blocking schemes that they have arranged don't ask all that much of an individual blocker. If you look at, for example, Najee's 18-yard run, Najee Harris, of course, that ended up setting up Deontay Johnson's touchdown, and you look at what the key blocks on that were, which I've done on the film, it was Trey Turner pushing ahead, solidly, and it was Pat Fryermuth sealing on the right side. Fryermuth's block actually was really, really significant. It wasn't great. It didn't have to be great. He basically consumed an area and got in the dude's way. You don't have to pancake people to have a great block. You just need to make sure they don't go where it is that they want to go. Najee saw the hole. Uh, that was created by both of those guys, and took off. And to your question, given how much the Steelers did, in fact, involve Derek Watt in their offense, all through OTAs, minicamp, training camp, even the preseason, they now have another potential weapon. And I know nobody around here is going to believe until they see it, that the fullback could be a weapon in the Pittsburgh offense. Hasn't been one for about 20 years now since Dan Kreider was the bus driver for Jerome Bettis. But I do think it's on the... No, I don't think it's on the table. I know it's on the table. It's there. It's available. And one thing the Steelers don't want to do, can't afford to do, while they're trying to piece this offensive line together on the fly is be predictable. They have to mix it up. I have a feeling you're going to see a very different type of offense, a very different looking offense against Las Vegas than what you just saw against Buffalo. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Let's do this again tomorrow. Tomorrow. 